Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to Call of Discovery, the podcast where we go absolutely bananas for everything Keyforge, its community, and of course, the excitement of Discovery. I am your host, Ed Pocock, and joining me today, as usual, is Zach Armstrong. Hey, Zach. Hello there, Ed. And today we are joined by G, who is here to talk about Archon Arcana, the Keyforge wiki and beating heart of the community for Keyforge players. You may know him as his online handle, though, Blinking Line. G, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. And of course, today we're going to be talking about Archon Arcana, how it started, how it works, and wondering where is it going. But before we dive into our focus topic, Let's get to know G a little bit better. So, G, how did you first discover Keyforge? So I was always, well, I won't say always. I probably got into board games sort of in the late 90s when I was in North Carolina. And it was right around the time that the Euro style uh, board game market community was kind of starting up. Um, Games in the U.S. were still coming in through uh, Rio Grande Games was one of the major ones, Mayfair. And we were getting uh, translations from European games, but also we were seeing straight imports directly. So, um, you know, we would see uh, Settlers of Catan, Citadels uh, by Bruno Fiduti, um, Samurai, um, you know, Carcassonne was coming in, that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, so I, I had always been doing that. And there is a local group that gets together once a year in North Carolina. And I had been associated with them for, I don't know, 15, 16 years, I guess now. And uh, the summer of 2018, one of the people that I know there had said, hey, have you heard about this game, Keyforge? And so the game's not even out yet, but they had already done, I guess, FFG's like flight test or whatever their uh, community program, their advanced sellers had put out some promo decks and things like that. And you could find a Google drive that had like all the card images and things like that. And so this guy that I knew at this convention basically had made all of these like print and play decks and brought them in and said, let me show you how this game works. And, uh, in reading about it before the convention started, I was looking at it and thinking, I'm not really, uh, a trading card game player like that's not my style like i'd never got into magic i never played you know any of the like ccgs or anything like that and but there was something about it i always felt like if i could find a game that wasn't gonna be like all consuming of my time all consuming of my wallet 
maybe that would be a, a place that I could kind of squeeze in and I could find a game that I would like there. And so when I started reading about Keyforge and how this was going to work, I saw a thing that I really, really loved. Um, Richard Garfield had done an interview and he said that one of the inspirations for Keyforge was the early days of TCGs where players basically got a very limited pool of cards and they would build a deck and then they would play that deck over and over and over again and just be able to sort of like explore what that one deck would do and how that deck could sort of like resonate with that person and things like that. And I was like, okay, so in theory, I could just buy one deck or I could just buy like one starter set and have like a collection and said, and it would be just like a board game. It's not something where I'm going to be, I'm going to need like a massive, you know, collection of cards. I'm going to be constantly having to <laughs> rebuild and things like that. And I was like that I can get behind that. And um, so I played the game and, you know, with the sleeve, you know, it's basically printed out on colored paper and sleeved up with uh, old magic land cards and stuff. And I was like, okay, this is really cool. I like this. The mechanics were there. And I think that what I really, really liked about it was it was not a fighting game. It wasn't like a battle. There was not like I'm battling you, you know, we're doing this. Everything that I saw about Keyforge in that at that time was it's all about efficiency and it's about building an engine and can you build your engine faster and better than your opponent? And I was like, I like this because it hit all it hit interest it hit things that I liked in board games, but in this sort of like hybrid card game format. And so yeah, so that's when I heard about Keyforge and that's when I was like, Yep, let's see how this goes. We'll be talking about your one deck next week, then, uh, in our deck discovery episode, because yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that you, you you stuck to that and you you only have one deck. I only have one. Yep, that's it. I only bought one and uh, never bought any. No, I'm kidding. Of course not. Yeah, I have tons. You know, it's, it's like, it, what's I always think it's funny. I think I have twenty gazillion. You know, I look at it like, oh, I have so many decks. I'm trying to get rid of decks. Let me get rid yeah. of this deck. You know, yeah. give these away. Meanwhile, I look at. Uh, other people in my area and other people online and i am just like well i'm not that guy so i guess i'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> not naming any names here not naming any names not pointing any fingers i'm just saying uh, yeah. so yeah. i don't I, I i look at it and i'm like well i clearly don't have a problem because that guy or you know that person <laughs> they have a problem i don't have the problem well, this this is not a, a psychology podcast, so we won't analyze that <laughs> attitude too closely. Fair enough. And the age-old question, how many decks is too many decks? Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, uh, it is whatever, it is your current number of decks plus one. That is, how, that is too many decks. <laughs> I believe the mass is solid. That is, that is the beautiful thing about Keyforge is that you, you are not punished for just having a few decks you know really well because you know we have things like adaptive and reversal and you know you're also not punished of getting so so many decks and just exploring through sheer quantity which is completely fine it yeah. really uh, it, it is nice that you're not punished on either end for for how you want to collect i agree yeah i think that that's one of the things that is uh again it's just beautiful about the game you can you can die you can dive into the game as much as you want if you want 
to sit and you want to play the same deck over and over and over in a chain bound event until you know you you're like no i want to see i want to make sure that this is how far it can go i'm going to keep playing it uh you can do that and you can take the same deck to you know whatever events you want over and over and over and really get to know that deck or you can play it where you take a deck you play it one time and you're like okay you know what that deck's not really for me i don't need to do anything else with it i'll just put it here in my box and maybe something will make me come back to it in like five or six months and that and i love that about it that it can you can treat the game however you want to treat it and there are ways and things that are done in the community and with uh organized play that allow you to work with in your own means. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's certainly a huge positive to the game. So um, with your one deck, uh, <laughs> G, uh, what, what has been your most enjoyable experience of Keyforge? What really drew you to this game? What meant that you know you had to kind of keep coming back and back? The thing for me that I, I think has been really, really interesting and has kind of... I think that has surpassed my expectations. Let me say it that way. That's probably the better way to say it is the community that I have out here in the Bay area of players. Uh, the players that I have met playing Keyforge have been, uh, they're just very, very friendly. They are very, um, they're competitive without being jerks, which I think is a rare thing to find. Um, they want to play the game uh, in a way that is, you know, where they can win, but they don't want to be like, I have to win. I have to smash you. I have to destroy you. You have to know how good I am at this game. And there's also been a really great sort of, hey, I noticed that when you were playing, you did this. Have you thought maybe about trying going about this direction when you're playing? So it's very, it's been a very kind of like uh, open and uh, coaching sort of environment with the people that I play with. And I think, I think that in most play, in most cases, like games are really are, are social activities where you can meet people and you can interact with them and, and things like that. And if you don't have that good human interaction, it's not going to be something that keeps you playing it. And out here in the Bay area, I found like, you know, you know, you sort of find your people as they say, and that's, that the people that I have been that I've found and I have met playing keyboards have been just really great. And uh, I, I did not expect it. I can honestly say that what I expected would be more akin to like people who were really, really way more into the game than I was. And they just wanted to beat me up. And that was not, that was that has not been the case at all. They've, like I said, everyone's been very welcoming. Everyone has been very, uh, uh, conducive they want to you know they want to build a community around the game it feels like and they're willing to uh, help other people bring other people along with them and i think that part of what makes that happen in keyforge is the fact that you can't build your deck so you don't have any investment in your deck like you do in other card games where you can tweak and build your deck and things like that it's you know, you've got, this is what you've got. This is what you, in a sealed event, this is what you opened in Archon event. This is what you brought. This is the deck that you have. If something goes wrong with 
like no one can look at your deck and say oh you built the deck wrong or oh you did this wrong there's no space for criticism about the deck so it all becomes about the play and by being all about the play you have people who are not 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 going to say oh why don't you do this it's just a simple oh hey you know what you did this the last time and i think that if you tried maybe not focusing on board state so much for example and focused on getting the actions out of your hand freeing up space move through your deck quicker that might help you play a little bit differently and that i think has been the the biggest thing for me is getting a community of people who are very supportive of one another and like wanting to just play the game and have fun with it Mm-hmm. I have to say that mirrors my experience with Keyforge really, really well. And I echo all of that. Uh, and I will commit to giving 100 Call of Discovery bucks to the Keyforge team who takes on who takes on competitive without being jerks as their motto, because uh, I know a lot of people who model that really well in the community. So I echo all of that and agree. And uh, I think I think you're, you're right that the, the kind of investment in a Keyforge deck is different than in a game where you build the deck because while you're, you're not building the deck, the what's lovely is that the deck is unique. You're the only one with, you know, uh, that the deck with that name and that combination of cards. So it's kind of a special in a different way, but yeah, we are, we are divested of, um, you know, we didn't build the deck. We can't really be blamed for the algorithms choices there, which, uh, yeah, attracts certain kinds of people who want a certain kind of experience. And it's been, very positive. So yeah, I, I echo all of your uh, comments on the experience of playing Keyforge, especially on a slightly more competitive end there. It's been very nice. So we, we certainly like to kill the witches as soon as they come down on the table. Uh, but if we didn't kill the witches so quickly, and if we asked them a few questions about themselves and got to know them, you know, in a kind of cool discovery fashion, we'd probably find out which uh, which house they were sorted into in Hogwarts. So uh, gee, if 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 you were at Hogwarts and someone put the sorting hat on you, which Keyforge house do you think they'd sort you into? Uh, that's a great question. I would say probably I would go into Untamed. Uh, I'm a little, you know, not quite sure what to do with you. Like you hope that you're out there. A uh, little bit wild, a little bit crazy. Uh, I also have a beard that people have said looks like Choda Hazri's beard. So Amazing. that's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, high, the highest of compliments for a beard, a beard so good it could forge a key. Yeah. So I think that's, um, yeah, I, I think untamed is it. Cause just because I really like the, f- I really like what untamed can do just throughout the set. It's, you know, maybe gotten a little bit, it was a little weak, maybe in age of Ascension. It was maybe, you know, it's been tweaked out a little bit more in Worlds Collide. I'm interested to see what it does in Mass Mutation. But just, yeah, there's a, just a lot of things that it can do. And it's not a very, uh, it's, it, like I said, uh, the part, one of the things that I really liked about Keyforge was the engine building. And especially in Call of the Archon, like Untamed was like, that's your, you know, that's your main engine there. Like you can use that to just make things go. Uh and I, I like I like to sort of think of it as like Untamed can make the engine go. And then when something goes wrong, Logos can kind of come in and fix your engine. And then if you're really worried about what your opponent's doing, you've got Dis and you've got Brobnar to kind of break their engines down. Mm, I love that way of thinking about it. The roles of the houses. That's great. 
and then Mar- Mars is like, you've got an engine, but it's a weird engine. It's like a, it's like a, you know, it's like an Alfa Romeo or an Austin Healey. It's some weird, you know, you can only take it to that one mechanic and he lives like 50 miles away. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Mars. Yeah. Me. Mars is the, the engine that's my engine and not your engine. It's no one else's engine. It's just mine. <laughs> right. For better yeah. or for worse. Yeah. Mars is the engine you try to put gasoline into, and the person says, "No, no, no! This runs on corn oil." <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. You, yeah, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to go and make some French fries so that you can run this engine. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. But once it runs, it runs really well. That's that's the king. That's the thing about Mars is like you either know what you're doing with Mars or you just uh yeah you're just gonna struggle yeah exactly but and of course the challenge of uh, running a car on corn oil is most places you can't pick up corn oil whereas you can pick up gas so it's finding those resources in your decks to uh to make mars run well but i guess we'll be seeing more from mars perhaps in set five i don't know our listeners who are, are sat here and telling us the future can uh can it's for them to know and us to us to discover um but uh, talking of our listeners they are sitting patiently and uh waiting to hear more about you speaking about archon arcana so um i i guess we should start off by by for our listeners that haven't come across shock horror archon arcana what is archon arcana g yeah so archon arcana basically strives to be the sort of uh repo for all information about keyforge uh yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I guess that's the sort of like long and short of it. That's, we want it to be, if you have a question about Keyforge, you can go to Archon Arcana and hopefully find the answer. Awesome. And I, I think it's, from my experience anyway, it certainly delivers on that and more. Um, it is many things. Uh, but really, how, how did it go from, when did you have the idea to start Archon Arcana? And how did it go from idea into to being being what it is now, I suppose? So Archon Arcana started in the fall of 2019. Um, So it's really not that old. And it started mostly because there was was a a sort of, I call it a predecessor site um, called Keyforge Compendium. And Keyforge Compendium was really good about having frequently asked questions and things like that about all the different cards. And it had the rules and you could, you know, do searches and do lookups. Um, they were also had like a, a decorating system that they used that uh, they had built into it. And you could do store your collection and things like that. Unfortunately, the person who was the developer behind Keyforge Compendium sort of lost interest in the game. And that kind of like, you know, if you lose interest in the game, why would you continue to do this sort of like passion project sort of thing? And so I had noticed that there were a lot of issues. People were coming in and they were asking questions about things and they would point to something on Keyforge Compendium and a lot of times would say, Keyforge Compendium doesn't say anything about this. And I was like, okay, so there's that's happening. We need to fix that somehow. And then, so what I originally, original plan was to take it and sort of like create another forum to talk about Keyforge to where people could come in and they could ask questions and then people could talk about the answers and how this works and whatever. And I, I spent maybe a week, maybe two on that and uh, was built, I built it on uh, discourse and it was fine. Like it did, 
what it did what I wanted to do, which was it allowed people to ask questions and it allowed people to answer. And I realized more and more in that two weeks that I had kind of run it. I was like, people don't want to talk about the questions that they have. They want to be able to find answers. And that's where, uh, and I realized that that's what Keyforge Compendium had. It had answers. It was like, oh, I can go to Keyforge Compendium. I can look up the que- I can look up my question and I can find the answer. And that was being aged out. That was going away. Like it hadn't been updated with the new rules. It uh, had been updated to Age of Ascension cards, but none of the rules that updates were going in. None of the, the frequently asked questions weren't being answered, anything like that. And so I was like, so we need something more definitive. And it was about the time that I started looking into doing something like that, that I realized a lot of the information that we get about Keyforge, like as far as rules go, comes from really, really random sources. It is like, oh, this person wrote an email and FFG emailed them back and they put that on Facebook. Or this person talked to this person through a Facebook message and that's, you know, and they said that this is how it worked. So I realized that what we, what Keyforge as a community has is we have this problem where we have a lot of information and there was nowhere to put it. Like there was no single place that people could go and say, oh, hey, I had, I had conversation or I got this email or I found this and FFG sent this information to me. And I would like to share that with the community. And so I thought about it a little bit more and I kind of realized that what Keyforge really needed was a wiki. We needed a place to where we could put in all the cards, we could put in all the rules, we could uh, then whenever we found, like someone sent a question, in my mind, the person who sent that question could then say, hey, I got this email back and they could update the wiki and say, hey, here it is. that didn't really happen, but that's okay. Um, what I so I kind of like built the built the wiki, started you know digging around for different rulings and things like that, and getting screenshots of emails and putting them in. Because what I what I didn't want was I didn't want it to where people went to Archon Arcana and said, "Oh well, this random guy says this." I didn't. That was the thing that I definitely did not want. I wanted it to be like, nope. There's a reason that I say there's a reason that this is on the website like this. And the reason that the the clarification is here, here's the transparency. Here's the here's the ruling that FFG gave us. And we can cite that Um, the things that were coming through in the Crucible cast. I wanted to make sure that we captured those. We had like notes on like what did what did FFG tell us about this and everything like that. So that was sort of the the dream, and that's and it. So Archon Arcana started basically as just cards and rules. That was the whole point of it was cards and rules, and getting a, getting a place where people could ask could could ask questions by searching, and get the information that they wanted. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I've been very impressed with the sourcing of answers that you all, you and your team have done on the site, because you can see where it came in as a rules email, or it was answered on a crucible cast, or you can see, you know, on a card it will reference, here is a ruling on a very similar card that we know applies to this one. And just to have it sourced to, you know, a crucible cast or an email or or something like that is just so useful to see it all in one place because otherwise you have to spend and waste so much time 
watching old Crucible casts and asking people if they got an email from the FFG rules team and that sort of thing. So it's been a huge boon uh, for me for for clarity. That's for sure. Thanks. Yeah, I mean that. Like I said, that was that was the whole sort of like original goal was let's let's remake this to where we've got a place that if people have questions about keyforge that about how keyforge works the rules the cards that can be what's there um and where things sort of got interesting was i got i got an email no i'm sorry i got a someone pinged me on discord and said hey what are your ideas for archon arcana and I sort of said, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't, I, I, it's, it's, it is what it is. Like, that's it. Like I, 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 it's here. Like when I, when I get updates to it, I'll update it and everything is like that. But, uh, and they said, well, wouldn't it be interesting if you also started to include information about like vault tours? And, mm. uh, and that was, um, that was uh, our user, one of our contributors, Dukeman. He, he wrote to me and said, don't you think it'd be great to put information about vault tours on there? And I said, yeah, that would be great, but I don't have the time to do that. Like this is like, I already felt like I was spending way more time on Archon Arcana than I, I could. And I, I said, but part of the reason that I built it on a wiki platform was so that anyone who wanted to contribute could contribute. And so if you would like to contribute by writing articles on vault tours and things like that, that's, you're more than welcome to, um, you know, here's the way it goes. And I, so we set an account up for him and he started going at it. And uh, it was shortly after that, that I realized that Keyforge didn't have a new player guide. It was like, all these people were like, Oh, Hey, I'm wanting to get into this game, but I don't know how to do it. What, what do I need to do? And so I wrote a new player guide that kind of like listed off like, oh, here's what's going on. Here's how Keyforge works. Here are kind of like the top mistakes new players make, that kind of thing. And I would say maybe two days after I published that, I got a note from someone else. I got a message from someone who uh, said, hey, I wrote this thing that I thought you might be interested in putting up for your new player guide. It's about Keyforge accessories and third party kind of people who we know make really cool stuff and not like an advertisement kind of thing, but just a, Hey, here are some people who are really well known for making tokens that get used on like vault tours and stuff like that. And uh, that was uh, coffee saga. And I said, Hey, this looks great. Let me build you an account and you can do it yourself <laughs> and so i felt really kind of bad because i wasn't i wasn't trying to turn these people away i was trying to say hey this is great like you're doing an amazing job like this is really cool content and yes this is cool stuff that i want on this wiki i just don't want to put it there i want you to put it there and so uh between dukeman and copy saga they are the one they are 100 the people who have done like the vault tour uh the vault tour articles Everything about the Vault Tour history, all the crazy like random graphs that you see, a lot of those are like that's data from them. They are amazing because literally I did nothing for that. And I, I, I think that's the sort of like big thing for me is that I was like, I built a place where you where people can put this information if they want to. 
and other people can look for it. And I feel like what's great about it is this is content that the community wants to see. They want to be able to say, hey, I'm just curious, like what kind of decks have been winning vault tours? Now you can go to Archon Arcana and through the work of, you know, these two people, they're able to, you can see that. And when I started the whole project, I had no thoughts about keeping up with vault tours. I was like, I, that's not my real, like, I think vault tours are interesting. I've never been to a vault tour. I think it's a really cool competitive thing, but it's not something that I wanted to sort of like follow and see what was going on. And I had two people who were like, this is where, this is what we're interested in. And we'd like to contribute in this way. And I was like, great, let me set up. Here you go. Um, and then I have another contributor. Uh, his name is Saluk. He has been like crazy uh, helpful in automating a lot of the stuff. So fun fact, um, anything that was originally on Arcana, Arcana like uh, all of Call of the Archons and all that stuff, I actually coded a lot of that. Um, I put in a lot of that wiki text manually and it was a huge pain in the butt and uh then saluk who's our one of our contributors he basically said you know you can script that straight off the and i was like what um hey let me let me set you up an account let me show you what you can let me let's do this and so we were able to do that and so that's that's the thing that i see sort of now going forward is like the the rules and the cards are always going to kind of be like my baby like that's what i that's what i want that's the part of archon arcana that i wanted originally and i but as a part of what the whole project is what i want is i want people who are interested in contributing to the community of keyforge to be able to say hey i'm interested in doing this and i would like to contribute and i'm happy to give you an account and you can that's do whatever awesome. you want um, and and yeah. I, it's, yeah. we, I think, as a community, as a Keyforge community, it's great to have just that one place to go where you know if you've got a question, there's going to be an answer for it on Archon Arcana because someone else will have had that question and someone else will have, have put in that answer. And for myself, I I love my stats, so uh, I enjoy going through uh, the the new deck registrations every week for some people that would probably be the most boring statistic on earth um but for me it gives me a bit of a yes the haters are wrong the game is not dead in fact it is thriving every week and um and i i also use it to direct new players so if any of our listeners have a friend who is a new player or they're trying to get someone else into the game uh directing them to archon arcana is a great way of just presenting them with all the information they need in a, a clear clean no 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 hassle kind of way um but it certainly sounds like you've you've essentially built the platform um that the the community can can use to kind of grow it in whatever direction it needs to take and and that's amazing but i imagine a lot of work must go into maintaining that and supporting that so uh, what exactly does that look like for you it's so it's actually surprisingly easy. The original setup of it was a bit much. Um, it was a it was a lot, and then um, the next biggest project after getting it set up was getting the search engine the the default search engine that comes on. So the so oh this is important I guess. Uh, 
Archon Arcana runs on MediaWiki, which is the same platform that Wikipedia runs on. And part of the reason that I wanted to make sure that it was on a platform, a well-documented platform, rather than something that was done custom, was the same issue that I, I ran into with Keyforge Compendium, which is what happens if I lose interest in the game. I don't see it happening anytime soon, but you know what things happen or what happens if I, you know, something terrible happens to me and I can't do something on the website. Uh, by using something that is off the shelf and relatively, you know, it's customizable, but it's off the shelf. It's easy to maintain and things like that. Other, someone else, hopefully, if that happened, someone else could easily step in and take the project over and it would be able to, you know, it, they'd be able to do it in whatever direction they wanted to do it. Um, but as far as like maintenance and things like that, once, it, now that it's set up, I go through, I would say I spend maybe 30 minutes to an hour every day, sort of like looking through things that have been updated, looking through edits that are happening, um, responding to emails that people are asking me questions about, oh, hey, could you do this? I, I do get a lot of emails asking if, oh, hey, have you considered putting this on Arcana Arcana? And a lot of the answers, a lot of times when I answer, it's, no, I haven't considered that. If you'd like to do that, let me know and I'll give you an account and we'll, we'll, you can do it. Um, I would love to be able to have anyone who wants to contribute to Arcana Arcana to contribute. I, that's what I want. I mean, I want it to be a, a community resource and things like that. I do want it to be a, what's the best way to say this? I want it to be a relatively like drama-free um, platform. Like I don't want it to be where there's, you know, weird like wiki flame wars. Like, I don't know if you've ever followed like what happens on Wikipedia where you have like weird edit bombs and things like that. So it's not something where just you can sign up for an account, but you, if you email me and you have an idea for a project or whatever, I don't, I've never turned anyone away. I've never said, no, you can't have this. You can't do this. Um, so yeah. Um, but that's, so that's, I feel like the main, the daily maintenance is not that difficult. Uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, kind of standard, just like I said, 30 minutes to an hour every day I spend on it. So. Mm. It sounds like a real triumph of collaboration with all of these passionate people that you've brought on board. And, I have to say it's one of my favorite things when I hear somebody talk about the people they work with, either in a, you know, volunteer passion project or real work situation, you know, and just praise the people they work with. So it's lovely to hear that you have all of these talented people, you know, coming to this, this thing that you started and bringing their skill sets and the data they're passionate about and plugging it in. So our, our listeners be warned if you get passionate around G uh, about Keyforge, he might offer you a login to Archon Arcana, and you'll find yourself <laughs> in the same situation here. That's right. I will. I will put you to work if you if you ha if you want to do work. I will. I will put you to work. And so, if our listeners do want to get involved, and they think, well, actually, there's something that I think would go down really well on Archon Arcana. A question that I've got, maybe that there isn't an answer for. How can they get involved? Uh, if you go to Archon Arcana in the sidebar. Uh, and uh, in the desktop view, so if you go they'll, uh, over on the left-hand side on the menu, there's a contact the Arcanists. And if you click that, that, that just sends me an email. It sounds fancy, but all it does is send me an email. Uh, but yeah, you can use that and just uh, 
write me it doesn't take much it can literally be hey i i edit and i noticed that in some of the some of the articles or whatever you have like some weird grammar things that i'd like to be i'd be interested in fixing i was like great sure um or if you have something more of a project actually there's a um we have a contributor uh oh i'm gonna lozaro I, i'm gonna mess their username up i'm sorry because i can't remember <laughs> right off the top of my head but he sent me an email or she this person i'm I don't know their gender. Yeah, this is the way this is the way the internet works. Like, I'm not sure how some of these how some of our users are gendered. But uh, this person sent me an email and said, "Hey, I noticed that you've collected information on vault tours. I noticed that you've collected information on grand championships. Would you be interested in keeping track of prime championships in Europe?" And I wrote back saying, "I have no interest in that." Um, I don't, that's not to say that it's not interesting to people. That's not interesting to me, but let me get you a login. Let me show you kind of like how our format works. And yeah. So if you go now and you look up European prime championships, you will see all of the prime championships in Europe. I think, uh, that, you know, we have one person maintaining it. It's like, boom, there you go. Uh, I had someone from Brazil email me saying, Hey, I really like the content on Arcana Arcana, but my English is not very good. Is there some way or, or sorry, but I think that uh, he didn't say it that way. He said it, my, not my English isn't very good, but he said my, I think that the Brazilian community would be interested in seeing translations into Portuguese of some of your content. And I said, great, let me, Tell me what articles you're interested in. And I, you know, I, with the caveat, I said, I don't know that I want to do rules and cards. Like, I feel like that FFG has officials for those. But if there's things like the Vault Tour pages, if there's things like the Prime Champ, uh, the uh, Grand Championships pages, things like that, those kind of things, if you would be interested in translating those, yeah, let's do it. I'll set you up. We'll set you up an account and we'll have you, you know, you can translate away. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I really do want it to be, uh, like I said, I will always have my part of Archon Arcana that I, I'm interested in. And it's not that I'm not interested in the other bits. It's that other people are more interested and I would rather let someone who is really passionate and really interested in it, work on that and maintain that. And they don't have to worry about things that are going on in the rules or they're not worrying about like, oh, they've updated, you know, they updated this in a crucible cast or whatever we need to transcribe and cite it they can work on the things that they're interested in i can work on the things that i'm interested in and yet we're still working as a community to make everything in keyforge you know document as much as we can about what's going on in the community Mm. Arcana Arcana really is its own Keyforge deck, it feels like, with all of these uniquely skilled people working together towards a common goal. So uh, I don't think there's going to be any errata coming down anytime soon for, uh, you know, the creatures, you know, Dukeman, Blinking Line and Coffee Saga and Lolazaro. But <laughs> it's just so, so cool to hear this collaboration. It's really, really a boon to the community. And I love to hear that it's really driven by everybody's passion. That's that's awesome. 100%. And it's really an example of what people can achieve when they really work together on something with with kind of shared 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 values, but uh, maybe on the different things that they're, they're keen on doing. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think that if I hit one more person, I've hit all of 
all of our contributors. And that person is our newest contributor, um, uh, Neil, Neil Crompton, who is pretty widely known throughout the keyboards community as the guy who makes the puzzles. Um, and he basically, uh, I talked to him. He was, I noticed that his puzzles had kind of gone missing from another, uh, from the site that they were hosted in. And I asked if he would be interested in hosting them on our Arcana. And he said, yeah, sure. And so I think that those puzzles, uh, you know, they're, some of the puzzles are controversial and I don't know that, uh, I always agree with Neil and that's, I, I think that's okay. Um, but I do think that the puzzles in general are a good way to get the community thinking about rules and thinking about how, uh, how the rules may need to be tweaked or may need to, or how they address like weird situations. There's a lot of, a lot of the things that are brought up in those puzzles are weird edge cases. And I think that, I think that those are important to know about. And those are, so when, so I thought it was a really good fit um, for, for Neil's puzzles to sort of like move on to Archon Arcana. So we've, he's, he's been working on that, I think for the past three or four weeks, but now every, all of his puzzles, and there are a lot of them, they are all, but they're all on, uh, they're all now on Archon Arcana. So if you're interested in like tweaking your brain out or getting into the real esoteric, you know, esoterica of rules, you can look at those uh, on Archon Arcana now too. Mm-hmm. I see. I see there are dozens and dozens of there and uh, a credit, a credit to, to Neil. I've, I've certainly seen discussion around his puzzles and a credit to Neil. There is a, a wonderful space for all of the solved puzzles and solved by solved. That means we have rulings that, that have cleared them up. So that is lovely to see that as he has brought some of these up, we actually now have, you know, rulings from the crucible caster rules updates that, that clarify a number of these, which is, which is lovely to see. Right. And I thought that was, one of the things that was really great about it was saying, Hey, look, here's a question that came up in the rules. And the original answer was, we think it's this, but we're not sure. And FFG has then, you know, come in behind and said, okay, you know, and I don't know that I don't, it it might be hubris to think that it's because of Neil's puzzles that that's why FFG felt they had to answer it. But I do think that there is, you know, and, I do think that those puzzles do create an impetus for FFG to sort of say, to, to re-examine like how interactions are happening and for them to sort of like make a, you know, make an update or at least make a statement about how. Certainly. And, and I think for so, a game as zany yeah. and wild as Keyforge, there's always going to be the odd thing that maybe people didn't think about that didn't get picked up in playtesting just purely because of the number of combinations of cards and the things that can happen in this game that simply couldn't happen in any other game. So it's great to have that space to to think about that. And I think it's also a credit here that we've got a huge range of players. I know for for myself, I'm 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 someone that's more likely to kind of house rule things and think, oh yeah, that will that will do for now. That probably works. Um but there's other players that really like to dive into the detail on rules and like to know all of the edge cases and know that there is a clear answer for all of the edge cases. And um, it's brilliant for them to to have that clear answer from FFG. So, um, yeah, I, I certainly enjoy looking at the puzzles. Yeah, that's it's one of the things that, like, every time they come out, I look at it and I go, okay, all right. How would I... Because I am... 
sort of like in our area, I'm like the because I do Arcana Arcana, I'm consistently asked, hey, you're the guy with the rules website. How does this work? So every time Neil releases a puzzle, if I'm if it's not something that I've already kind of been in conversation about, then I look at it and think, okay, well, if one of my players, this happened for them, how would I rule that? Like, how would I handle that in a judging situation? And what is really interesting about it is the puzzles for me create an interesting situation where you can't say I don't know. I mean, you can, you can, let me rephrase that. You can say, I don't know, but at some point something has to be done. Like you've got to, if that were to come up in a game, then how as a judge would you rule? Like how, how should this continue? And like you said, you know, it may require that you just kind of house rule it, but that house rule still has to have some kind of basis and like how can you base that and stuff like that. So that's what I love. That's what I love about the puzzles is just using them sort of like as a, as a, you know, amateur (laughs) judge test. If the players called you and said, judge, what would you do? So if there's one thing those puzzles are, they are certainly constantly surprising. And um, I imagine you've you've come across a few surprising things about Keyforge and uh, and the community through your time working on developing Archon Arcana. But if you had to pick one thing for the podcast, what's been the most surprising thing about Keyforge? Oh, uh, <laughs> I think the most surprising thing about Keyforge itself is how well... Uh, I'm, I'm not surprised at how well it's done. I'm sort of surprised at just the sheer, like, I I think I've touched on this a little bit before, like just the fact that everyone that I've met that has played Keyforge has been just a really, has been really nice. They're very just nice people. I haven't met any, I haven't met any jerks playing Keyforge and I'm very, that's been kind of surprising. I don't know if that means that I'm just a completely cynical person or what. Um, but as far as like weird things in the rules and cards, I don't know. I mean, so one of the really neat things that, uh, Archon Arcana does is we have all the flavor text. And that to me is one of the coolest things about Keyforge is all of the flavor text that is in there. And it points to weird, random little things. So there were, there's a lot of mentions, for example, in Call of the Archons, you have mentions of Captain Val Jericho in flavor text. And then she's just this person that you don't know anything about. And then two sets later, oh, here is the character Captain Val Jericho. Um, there, there's a lot of mention, I believe it's in both both sets, called the Archon and Age of Arcana, and even, I'm sorry, Age of Ascension, and then maybe even in World's Cloud, of the ravings of the mad prophet gizzleheart and we know from certain spoilers that prophet gizzleheart shows up in mass mutation but the other thing is like you also have things uh that are interesting like uh doc bookton doc bookton if you look at the artwork for doc bookton um and her flavor text says don't worry momo something something i don't remember the exact quote but don't worry momo we'll have you all better soon and then in Age of Ascension, Helperbot is there and Helperbot's flavor text says, see, Momo, I told you we'd be all better. And I love that. I love that these they've dropped these weird little Easter eggs sort of things that tie in different sets, different cards, different things, you know, all these different objects into like through flavor text and things like that. 
Uh, someone the other day pointed out to me, and I had never seen this, uh, but there's Smiling Ruth. And if you look carefully, Smiling Ruth is actually driving yes, the stand. Absolutely. The yeah. Yeah. Car. It's a yeah. the mind boggles. <laughs> the mind absolutely boggles. It's so cool. Oh. Yeah. I and I love I love it when someone finds something like that. And it's one of those things where I try to I'm like, how how do I note that? I want I want other people to note that, you know, Smiling Ruth is driving the sting. How do I fit that into the, you know, where do I put that in Arcana Arcana? Oh, hey, did you notice? And I haven't figured out a, a good place to put it yet. I think it's going to go in like a random commentary or something somewhere. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, that's what that's what I love. You know, and of course, you know, your podcast called Discovery, everything about that's the discovery bit of Keyforge that I really get nerdy about. I love seeing mm. like just random, you know, seeing how random cards across sets, across whatever, um, how those things can come together and what and what ties them together and how can oh, we, we absolutely together. love the lore mm-hmm. and the it, esoteric. I think yeah. you mentioned it earlier, the esoteric bits and bobs that a game like Keyforge uh, has in store for us. But I also think that cohesiveness in the art style um, and building that world that the the developers and the designers have done over the past year and a half now has just been incredible. They've shown, you know, they really care and there's so much passion that goes into building this world and and, and a depth of, of world as well by bringing these characters or foreshadowing these characters um, that are now a little bit more fleshed out. And uh, I, no doubt when the RPG comes out, we'll be be even more fleshed out right I, that's yeah i can't it's one of those things that's what i'm really excited about i'm really every time uh so there's a there's a list we keep a list on arcana arcana of characters who have not we haven't seen yet and uh we, we're going to be able to mark off one at least one in the new set and there's but there's still like four or five that i'm just like okay wh- who are these people where what is their story and i think that's that's the neat thing to me is that we have these things where we can say, okay, well, we know this is, we know what this object is or whatever. Um, and then we go and we can work from there. And one of the things, uh, as far as like the future set that's coming out, you know, every it's mass mutation is the theme. And one of the things that I, I don't, I don't know anything. I don't, I claim to know nothing. But I do think that it's very interesting, and so I want to know what their role is. But the only house that has mutants in it right now is Logos. So what happened with Logos that the mutations have spread? That's what I want to know. FFG, you know where I am. You can send me answers. (laughs) I believe there's some lore out there about... uh... Uh, is the the dark you know a, a and vault containing dark amber being opened and causing the mutations perhaps logos was was behind that their their pursuit for knowledge would certainly put them in a position to uh, uh bust open some very problematic dark amber that affects the crucible at large they've been playing around with some dark amber in a lab and it's gone away <laughs> i do have to say that i love that a a Keyforge is a game where a wiki for Keyforge contains a section on undiscovered characters that we have in flavor text, but all we have is these glimpses like Val Jericho uh, started out as. So that is that is just 
uh, I think as soon as we're done recording here, I will be jumping right over to that section and letting my I'm mind run I'm writing down the episode wild. idea now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, indeed. And I want I want to know, like, what is exactly Project ZYX? I want to have a little mini-series about Quixo, uh, Archimedes, and then apparently there's a, a, a card that are also little robots that help out uh, Quixo when Archimedes doesn't want to help out. There are just so many little storylines throughout all of this that are just so fun and engaging. Mm. Perhaps, Zach, the Project ZYX was actually testing that mutation on some subjects within the lab and the Project ZYX was <gasps> the project that oh. got out and then suddenly oh, no. this dark amber spreads across the crucible because this ZYX is running rampant and eating villagers and crazy... Oh, oh. Ed, you you know what happens to people who figure it out. I, I fear this might be our last episode with with what's about to happen to Sorry, us. Sorry, hang on. I've just got a knock on the door. Uh, what 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 what's going on? <laughs> there will be a new entry in Arcan Arcana tomorrow. Call of Discovery, you know, twenty. Yeah. Uh, you know, lasted right. until twenty twenty. Yeah, when suddenly, mysteriously, one of the hosts just Honestly, people wandering into your house with hazmat suits on would have been an abnormal occurrence until this year, but <laughs> I think I think it's probably quite a regular occurrence these days. So, uh, G, thank you for kind of sharing your passion with Keyforge with us and for giving us a, a bit of a taster about what what is on Archon Arcana, and I'm sure many of our listeners are going to be going over there right now and um, checking out this list of undiscovered characters, which we will most certainly be putting in the link below. Um, but give us an idea about what's next for Archon Arcana and and for yourself. So next for Archon Arcana, obviously the uh, mass mutation has been pushed back a little bit. The rule, you know, rules update will be coming soon. With organized play being suspended until September, that also, you know, we won't have a lot of updates uh, because there's not really, you know, there's just nothing to be updated. We don't have a lot of organized play to update. So we're kind of in a, it's a weird thing that we are in kind of a lull where I I will not lie. I'm really hoping that um, FFG uh, kind of takes this time and says, hey, well, while we've got the time, let's go ahead and get some some of these questions answered, like rules wise and things like that. There are there are still some holes out there, um, so I you know I'm hopeful that they'll spend some time doing that since they're hunkered in their bunkers. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that essentially we're here. I would uh, I'm one of the things that I have been trying to do myself is I have been working more towards doing uh, I running an, you know, I'm, I run sort of like our online games for my local community, uh, that we do, um, you know, while, while everyone's in quarantine, we're, I'm hosting three different, you know, three games a week doing that. So that's kind of keeping me very busy. But in addition to that, uh, I also would like to work more, uh, with actual physical, uh, organized play doing like judging and things like that at vault tours and stuff like that. It's, I'm really sad. I was, scheduled to judge both at alameda vault tour and then i was also scheduled to be a judge at worlds and that's been postponed so that won't be happening um there are uh some large online tournaments that are going on right now um which i'm sort of helping judge in the in that capacity for those uh for those tournaments and stuff so that's um that's i think the next thing 
for me personally is to just get better at being a judge for this game um, and, you know, being better about, you know, knowing how the, knowing more intricacies of the rules and things like that. And just being, uh, you know, a resource in that way. Well, thank you so much, G, for coming on board today. It was a pleasure to have you and hear about Archon Arcana. If people uh, if people are looking to get in touch with uh, you specifically, where can they do that besides the wonderful Contact the Arcanists link? Uh, but yeah, easiest way is through the Contact the Arcanists link. Uh, you can also reach out to me. I run the Twitter account for Archon Arcana. Um, I'm happy to respond to any questions, concerns. Uh, if you have questions about Archon Arcana, you have questions... Uh, about rules uh, or anything that is any of the content that's on Archon Arcana, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. Feel free to reach out to me uh, using that email address uh, on Archon Arcana. Um, or I'm also on Discord, um, you know, everywhere. Blinking blinking line is out there. It's, it's easy. I should be relatively easy to find. Wonderful. Well, that's great. And I, I believe maybe many inquiries that would end up in your inbox get stopped when they find, you know, the, the answer with the source on the site or they see here's the state of the rules inquiry, you know, either in Neil's puzzles or elsewhere. So that's great. We're very appreciative of, of that resource. Um, thank you all so much for joining us today, dear listeners. And if you are enjoying call of discovery and you are willing or able to support us monetarily our patreon is linked below where you can put your own weird and wonderful decks in the spotlight and have a say in our future through the patreon only discord and regardless let us know what you'd like to see more or less of in future shows you can uh, find us on facebook instagram and twitter or you can email us at discoverkeyforge at gmail.com uh, if you feel so inclined, certainly please subscribe and leave a review on your regular podcast app. But most importantly, over all that, if you think a friend would enjoy this podcast, please help them to discover it. Have you answered the call of discovery? Discovery.